Episode 145 of the PJ Archive is a phone interview I did with the delightful Irish actress and author Pauline McLinn. It took place in 2002 when Pauline's book Right on Time was published, one of three novels she wrote featuring her Irish private eye, Leo Street. By then, Pauline was already internationally famous for playing the much-loved eccentric housekeeper Mrs Doyle in the hit situation comedy Father Ted. She's gone on to memorable roles in other top TV series, such as Jam and Jerusalem, Shameless, EastEnders and Trolleyed. As you'll hear, Pauline also has some very impressive movies on her resume too. On the Internet Movie Database, it says that you're from Sligo. Yeah, well, actually, all my family are from Sligo. You know, my mother and father grew up there, and I was born in Sligo. So I I think I'm related to everyone in the town um, as well. But when I was six months old, we moved to Galway, and that's where we've been ever since. All right, and what was it like growing up there? Well, you know, Galway now is just like this enormous themed Irish town, you know, where it's just the most fabulous place to go to, you know, I yeah. mean, it's got culture and a fantastic arts festival and there's always something happening. When I was growing up there, which would have been, you know, the 60s and the 70s, I mean, we were a very much poorer country and basically there was, well, there were two cinemas, I was going to lie and say that there were only one. One was so far away that we couldn't get to it, but there was one in town and one in the suburbs, a more affluent suburb, and that was it. That was all. I remember when the first pool hall opened and we just nearly wet ourselves. We thought it was, it was so exciting. But at that stage, it, it took the place of one of the cinemas. So <laughs> had to give, you know. Um, but there really wasn't anything at all. And now, you know, all of the sort of no-go areas for us, because it was, it was very much, you know, um, a port, Galway, when we were growing up, a, a hmm. very much a working port. It's, it's kind of changed slightly now um, in the sort of you know, boats that they're getting in. Mm. But, like, there used to be loads of areas where the sailors would go (laughs) around the docks and so on. And, I mean, I think there was a big, you know, there was a big trade in ladies of the night and so on. (laughs) And as a result, there were loads of places that we never went. You know, as kids, we were told not to go down to the end of that street or to Mm. go wherever, you know. And now, these are all yuppified, you know, and Mm. painted lovely colours and pedestrianised and there are theatres down there and pubs and it's and you know restaurants where if the mm. weather is good and sadly it's not as good as as often as we'd like but you can sit out you know yeah. and um, once and a year you know <laughs> yes once a year and it's just totally fabulous it's it, amazing to me that in 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 my lifetime um that this has all happened you know yeah. but i suppose that's what the this, this sort of celtic tiger thing did Although we seem to be on the way out of that now. <laughs> <laughs> in your youth, did you dream of living somewhere a bit more glamorous? Never occurred to me. Absolutely never occurred to me, no. I, I was, you see, I quite like things like school. So I was happy enough with all that. And no, I mean, by the time I reached my teenage years, you know, there were such things as discos that you could go to. And I mean, we all had our transistor radios and listened to Radio Luxembourg and all that. Oh, me too. Um, I suppose the real shocker was when I went to college i went to trinity in trinity college in dublin and, and i realized that there were 
people who had paid an, an awful lot more attention, even though I did well at school, I seemed, you know, not to have read as many books as everyone <laughs> else when the time came. Um, not that I read a book at all when I was a student, of course, mm. that's, that's not what it's for. But um, you no, know, I, I never really thought that we were missing out on anything, no. Did you stay in Dublin after you were a student there? I did. I sort of fell into acting um, from there because I, I was um, very active in the student drama society. It's called Players. Uh, it's still there and has its own little theatre and everything, which is fantastic. But myself and a few others basically spent our four years in there and being sent our assignments from the various courses we were supposed to be on over to the theatre and told, mm. you have to turn up next Tuesday because you're doing this seminar, you know, that sort of thing. So we were we were steeped in in all aspects, I suppose, of, of theatre and naive enough to think that maybe we should give it a go. <laughs> so... Basically, I, I joined a company that and we all worked on shares, you know, um, mm. which basically meant that we didn't get paid because mm. all of the money had to get ploughed back into the cost of doing the shows. We used to do lunchtimes for the tourists. Yates, a terribly bad playwright. <laughs> Beautiful poetry, but he should not have bothered with the plays. But we would basically do Yates for the Americans, you know, and we would serve soup and bread and cheese, you know, which we had to get in early to make ourselves before mm. we did the show. And if the tourists ate all of the food then we didn't eat for the day because whatever was left over was what we got (laughs) it was so glamorous is your home now in Kilkenny well no my husband Richard Cook was based in Kilkenny for many years and ran a theatre company there which he's since folded he simply ran out of ideas it's it's the most brilliant reason to stop actually Mm. um, rather than you know have the slow death Um, but he runs a big comedy festival there every year called The Cat Laughs so we spend you know a part of our time in Kilkenny but he's he's now back working in Dublin pretty okay. much full time. So so it's sort of for me it's it's kind of half Dublin, half London really, with a sprinkling of Kilkenny. So that's quite nice, really. You know, it's just so totally glamorous. And what can you tell us of your home in Dublin? It's in a very working class area, full of pubs and butchers and bookies. <laughs> so everything's catered for. Um, or oh, funeral undertakers as well, just in case. Um, it's marvellous. It's only about ten minutes' walk to the north side of, of the city centre. Right. My husband wasn't always here when I was right. yeah, yeah. He came into a bit of land when he married me. <laughs> <laughs> and is there much evidence of your career in the house? I have a thing about paintings. I, I kind of I like to buy something to remind me of every job I do. Um, oh, that's my excuse anyway. Yeah. So I've got quite a few paintings around the place. Um, Nothing particularly famous, which is stuff that I like. How are paintings connected with your jobs, though? Well, I I suppose I'm not really, but when I went to college, I went to study history of art because my mother paints and and indeed my sister in London paints. So we're sort of like surrounded by at all stages. I always had a great great love of things visual. Um, And there are various photographs around the place. I don't really go in much for either. We don't have a camera. There are very few photographs around the place, and I think it's... It's a bit vain to have them up anyway. But I do have one of me and Samantha Mumba. Do you? And, uh, yeah, and um, Noel Gallagher at a, a sort of a, an awards thing. The, the sort of round up the usual Irish suspects and give them an award. Yeah. <laughs> so it's great. I got to meet them and I have a lovely photo of the three of us. It's like an Egypt in the middle of it, you know. I'm, I'm so happy smiling. I've got three chins. And Samantha's looking just totally beautiful. And, and Noel is just the coolest thing out, you know. And he was lovely. He had his mummy with him. Uh, he seemed very shy, to be honest with you, you mm. know. And I said a few things, and he, it, he thought some of them were funny, and he'd laugh and then look around to see, was he right, that everybody else 
Are you a fan? Oh yeah, I think I think they're a very good, um, mm. a very good band. <laughs> um, I can't confess to having any um, albums because I'm crap at buying things like that. It's right. handbags and paintings, really. But, um, <laughs> and I read somewhere was it Nick Hornby who said that uh, mostly women don't have large record collections because their boyfriend or husband will have all that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so yeah. and, and that. I bet you've got a big collection, haven't you? I certainly have. Is it alphabetical? My, uh, it is. Do you see? Do you see? <laughs> How anal is that? Yeah. I rest my case, you <laughs> man, you. <laughs> now, you said you had sort of souvenirs from different things you've been in. May we know what souvenir you have from Father Ted in your house? Oh, right. Well, I have um, very, very little, actually. Oh, no, I lie in one way. I have Mrs. Doyle's wig. Actually, her last wig, yeah, and um, I got it. I, I was never the keeper of the wig at, at all. When we started doing the series, God, I suppose that's about six years ago. Yeah. Uh, sorry, feeling old now. I have to lie down. <laughs> but uh, when we started doing the series, I, I had enough hair to fry it into the, the style. <laughs> um, but the frying took its toll. And uh, and to have a life as well outside of Father Ted, I got my hair cut at one stage. Mm. And um, it was just that bit too short to do Mrs. Doyle right. with it. So they made a wig. Now, the wig is so beautiful, I can't tell you. It's made of the most fabulous real hair, and it's made exactly to my hairline and everything. But the reason I cannot use it as a fabulous wig um, in other parts is that it's got sideburns. Yeah, yeah they built in little furry bits <laughs> at the side, just because we feel Mrs. Joel should shave more. <laughs> to match her mole. To match the mole, yes. Yeah. Um, so the reason I got it in the end was when I did the, well, when Mrs. Doyle did the tax ads. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we felt that maybe that was it, you know, yeah. that um, we mightn't be seeing her again for a while. And even if we did, why didn't I mind mm. the wig? Because it would be me wearing it. So um, it's rolled up. She is rolled up in a little <laughs> box, um, oh. her own shoe box. Um, in my wardrobe, actually. And Do you guess that, the only Ted thing that I've got on the wall oh. is a picture, a signed picture of the Craggy Island Four, which is, I think, one of... I remember on the last night of the show, which, as you know, was would have been the last night I ever saw Dermot, and, and most of us, indeed, saw yeah. Dermot, because uh, 24 hours later he was gone. God. But I got him, while he was talking to someone, I got him to sign a load of photographs for me, oh. because he was just... He hated doing that for no particular reason except it just bored him to death, you yeah. know, and the rest of us would be really industrious and we'd sit down with boxes of the photographs of the four of us and sign them, you know, be really diligent um, so that they could be sent out to fans. And he was always the really elusive signature. Yeah. So while he was speaking, I even got his favourite sort of um, silver pen yeah. and got him to dash off about 30. And I think I have the last one in the well, world now. Um, you sent the others out to fans, did you? Yeah, the others went uh, off to fans. Um, I, I gave some to my nephew in Galway, and um, I think he has one left as well, which he'll keep for himself. And, uh, yeah, they went to people who'd, who'd write in, you know, and say, God. give us a picture. Um, so I think I'll, I'll probably keep it. I bet. I bet you wish you hadn't sent the other ones off now. I yeah. kept a few of them yeah. because it's very difficult to get them to find things now. It was hard before. <laughs> it's almost impossible now. Now, um, obviously a fantastic character and everybody loves her, but there must be the disadvantage, I imagine, everywhere you go, people shout the phrases to you. It's, and You know, I think it's getting worse. <laughs> now, I, I, because I think, you know, 
wherever you look, I mean, I notice that Ted's on E4 a lot. Now. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it comes and goes, and they'll repeat it on the Irish channels from time to time and, and on Channel 4. So it's always, you know, on somewhere. And I think it has more fans now than it ever did when it was on, you know, when mm. it was sort of current. So, yeah, I, I did a bit of... Um, using my degree I did a little bit of filming in the National Gallery here in Dublin with the BBC recently and um, it was you know they asked various people what's your favourite modern building and the the new wing the millennium wing of the National Gallery in Dublin is just stunningly beautiful Mm -hmm. and in fact I tip it to win the Sterling Prize for Architecture this year (laughs) Um, but run away from you heard it here first so I went in with just myself and a, the tiniest of camera crews. I had to laugh when I was getting out of the car. I wore a black suit because it's a very white building, you know. And But we were um, going around the National Gallery and, and the new bit, and we were counting how many times I would hear, will you have a cup of tea or I'll go on. Yeah. And uh, we stopped after the late 20s. You know, oh. because um, I, to be honest with you, a bus went by and there was a whole load of schoolgirls. So maybe that was why it was in such great numbers that day. But it would never be less than you know a, a dozen times a day if you oh. walk through town. I, I tend to just keep going because if I stopped every time and spoke to the people, I would never, I'd never get anything done. You know. Yeah, Frank Kelly, I interviewed the other day, he, he thinks it's a complete nuisance. He, he, he gets really annoyed about it. Well, of course, he has, you see, uh, you know, when you have your catchphrase, yeah. I've got the gentle one. He's got, And although there are times when it is totally annoying, I've been to funerals where people have been shouting, I go, I'm going, I'm, no. you know what I'm thinking, please, I'm no. like, we're at a funeral here, you know. Oh, yeah, no, I've been to, um, I mean, two that I can think of down the country, you know, and it's... Um, I, I mean, there were friends' parents, you know, had had died because I'm getting to an age where people's parents are dying, you know. Mm. And um, so two different friends, you know, and a dad in one case and and a mother in the other. And I'd met them, and they were lovely people. And I swear, as I was leaving the church on on both occasions, you know, yeah. I go on, go on, go on. You know, it was like crikey. Um, I know. I just can't. It's kind of almost like this Tourette thing that people get. Yeah, yeah. They just can't help themselves <laughs> because I remember being um, up in the tricycle in Kilburn at an art exhibition at yeah. one stage and I was with a guy who's really media savvy you know yeah. and Richard Wilson walked by and I, he just he, he went I don't believe it I just, I just and yeah. I couldn't believe it either yeah. and I hit him so hard yeah, I bet. And, yeah. you know and he was like I can't believe I did that I yeah, can't yeah. believe yeah. and I swear it's just some reflex action yeah. but t- Frank has the worst one you see because he gets drink feck arse and girls yeah. you know girls is grand and Indeed, arse isn't too bad either, but uh, <laughs> or indeed drink if someone was buying you one. But you know, it's second arse, I suppose, really do. Well, they might drag your day down a bit. Yeah. You know? So I mean, is it is it like got to the stage where you actually regret having ever got involved with the character because it just takes over too much? Ah oh, no, ah oh, no, you couldn't. The little she's a little sweetheart. Oh, she is. <laughs> you know, it's a wonderful portrayal. I just yeah. wish I had her backbone, you know, and, <laughs> and resolve in life. I'd I'd be most successful. <laughs> Is she going to pop up in any more commercials or anything? I don't know. There hasn't been any... Um, I, I suppose, you know, one of the things about the ad, the tax ads was that, strictly speaking, they were a public service. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't to the detriment of the character at all to be mm. trotting them out, and it wasn't, you know, specifically to flog something that maybe the people who wrote the show and everything wouldn't believe in, you know? Mm. Well, not that, you know, any of us truly believe in that much tax, but um, <laughs> I, I'm all for it up to a point, you know? Um, but... I wonder my outside the confines of my contract because there was a beautiful little paragraph saying, 
thinking that um, uh, at no stage was I able to diss tax in any way. You know, I forget mm. I, it was worded beautifully, but basically mm. I wasn't allowed to run down the tax system <laughs> in any way. But in fact, I, I, I do believe in paying tax. But um, Did it get you a discount? Jeez, did they? What? I had to be squeaky clean. I had to clear the boards completely of everything, you know. I don't think my family will ever forgive me for it because, you know, they nervously felt they should pay up as well. But the remarkable thing was, you know, it, uh, they were voted the most annoying ads of the year, which is that was right? a huge compliment, you know. <laughs> and I was thrilled with that. Um, a lot of people stopped me in the street and said, um, oh, I just want you to know I, I did actually... Um, send my tax in on time. You know, so oh, people were paying God. attention. It was really. Uh, I haven't asked her officially. You know, I mean, do yeah. they do? Do they do well out of the campaign? Hmm. Um, but no, there are no plans really to resurrect the the lovely Mrs. Joyle. Oh, do you drink tea much? <laughs> I do. I found it nearly impossible to ask for it, obviously, yeah. uh, for many years. But I do. I I very much enjoy my cup of tea. Uh, yeah, I drink far too much tea and coffee. I'd say. You know. But yeah, I love it, and I don't, uh, I don't go in for fruit teas or any of that nonsense because right. they always smell better than they taste. They right. promise more than they deliver, <laughs> so I don't bother with them much at all. I often, you know, I often think I'll get in a whole load of those and I'll live a healthier life. You know, mm. no, there's nothing to kickstart you in the day. You know, like either a cup of tea or coffee. So did I you get sent gallons lo- of the stuff? Did you get sent loads of it free when you did, Mrs. Doyle? Uh, did I? In my arse. No! <laughs> I got, you know, the only thing I've ever got sent to me, and it was with a kind of an apologetic letter, you know, a sort of, please don't think that we say you've got cellulite, but here's the thing. And I don't know why it, I don't, it came to my home, I've no idea who sent it, but basically it's an electric thing that you roll along your thighs and it's supposed to, you know, help with, you know, your cellulite. And, you know, I've had it for years and I finally took it out of the box (laughs) recently. And I tried it and it does nothing whatsoever. It doesn't even vibrate, really, you know. So it's a completely useless thing. And that's the only thing I've ever been sent. Do you think when you have visitors at home, they're always hoping you're going to come into the living room with a tray? (laughs) Sometimes I do. (laughs) (laughs) It's a special treat. (laughs) When I was in L.A. recently, um, you know everybody there is an actor. Absolutely. And, um, Richard was over vaguely on business, you know, mm-hmm. so he was meeting a load of types. And everybody who serves you a drink there or your lunch or whatever, they're all actors. And they're all young and beautiful and mm-hmm. fabulous, you know. And, and any of the sort of business people he was meeting, if they asked me what did I do, I, I'd say, oh, I'm his wife, you know. Because yeah, yeah. I just wasn't going to get into all the, well, I, you know, I, 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 I write novels and I'm an actress. And I really am, you know, I work as well. <laughs> Everything, you know, so I didn't get into that. But one guy did get out of me that I, I, I was an actress amongst other things. And he said, well, you know, what's the most famous thing you've done? And I said, well, I suppose there's, you know, there's a, a series called Father Ted, um, mm-hmm. which, in fact, they're showing on the BBC in America now. Mm-hmm. And I said, I played an ancient old dear um, who forced tea on everyone, really. And he said, all right, do it for me. And that's the way they are over there, no. you know. And I found myself in a really swish restaurant just off Rodeo Drive asking him, did he want a cup of tea? I'm pressing it upon him, you know. <laughs> and I just, bizarre, bizarre. So, I mean, she'll never go away. Do people always ask you to do the voice then? And to yeah, yeah. <laughs> and do you do it? And yes. I, no, no. <laughs> usually not. No, it has to be a very special occasion. Mm-hmm. You know, so I usually ask them. I say, "You do it. I bet you're much better at it than I am." No. You know, and they'll do their impression. 
great. <laughs> it's one of the things I must admit I was hoping if I was going to meet you face to face was I could get you to record me a little answer phone message. <laughs> perhaps if I meet you another day. Well, or... you know, very happily, um, I don't have the copyright on Mrs. Doyle. <laughs> So I can't even do it for myself. It's fantastic. I mean, when when she got asked to do the ads, it, was, it had to be permission from Channel 4, the writers, Hatchick no. who made the show, everybody. I was the last person on, on the... I was, you know, the bottom of the food chain there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the very fact that I was willing to do it was enough, you know. Um, everybody else thrashed the deal out between them. Yeah. Uh, so it's great. I can walk away and say, no, no nothing to do with me. You no. know? <laughs> and what, what work have you got coming up, by the way, TV-wise? I'm doing a part in a DL and Pasco two-part. Oh, okay. uh, I don't know when they're going to show it, but it's been great fun. Oh, my God, they've got mm. John Sessions in it and Jack D and oh, Derek LeCurwin. It's just great fun. Oh, you know? And uh, we all survived the earthquake together. Oh. Um, so that's really nice. I, I get to be a Scottish psychologist in that. So um, it's cracker in tights, really. Oh. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe it's not. <laughs> we'll see when it comes out. And obviously, my, my, my next novel is about to hit the show. Yeah. And uh, after that, who knows? It's kind of one of those, this time of the year, it's all taken up with people deciding yes or no on various mm. projects that have your name attached to them, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think I think the BBC are back from Edinburgh now, aren't they, more or less? Yeah. Um, so they'll be deciding on a few things and mm. yeah, we'll see, you know. According to the IMDB, you were in Iris. I didn't realise it because I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I just have a tiny little bit at the end. I'm, I'm a lovely Irish nurse <laughs> that uh, when Iris was put into the hospital, they brought her to me too late. I couldn't <laughs> save her. You know, oh. so I just have a few soothing words to say at the end, and uh, oh god, that was such a thrill, though. I mean, Judy Dench and Jim Broadbent, woo! Uh-huh. Um, and they're so nice. Yeah. They tried to teach me how to do a cryptic crossword, and I wasn't too bad once they could explain the the clues to me. You know, and Judy Dench always has toffees. That's that's always nice. What does that mean? Boots. She has them delivered to her dressing room. You mean? <laughs> yes, yes, uh, a washed boy brings them. Uh, no, no, I think she brings them in herself. You know, I don't think that's part of the rider on her contract or oh. anything. She's shown, she's so not show busy, you know. Oh. I, I very much imagine that she brought the sweets in herself, you know. Tell me about Kate Winslet, because you were in Quills as well, weren't you? Yeah, I, I, very, uh, I didn't really have many scenes. Uh, that she was in, so I hardly saw her at all, to be honest with you. But, um, oh, God, she's beautiful. You know, a tiny little thing. Is she? Um, as, mm. as they all are, you know. Yeah. Um, all of those superstars. <laughs> uh, but it was it was wonderful. And actually, one of the things about Quills was that uh, Jeffrey Rush, who was playing the Marquis de Sade, yeah, yeah, was yeah. so incredibly good in it, um, he didn't join the cast for weeks, really. You know, they just didn't get around to his bits, you know, in the yeah. asylum until they'd done, you know, everything else. And... One day when we were coming back after filming in Oxford, and we were all going back to the, our trailers, darling, and uh, there was a man standing in the bushes, muttering to himself and smoking, and it was him. It was Jeffrey Rush practising his lines. He was still back in his shine role then. <laughs> yes, actually, it was very much a shine moment, to yeah. be honest with you, you know. But he, he seemed a, a lovely fellow. You know, yeah. again, quite shy and unprepossessing. You know, oh. so. And obviously one of the greatest actors of his generation. So that was a bit nice as well, well to watch them all work, you know. Yeah, Lovely. yeah. Who's been your biggest thrill to work with or who would you like to work with? Oh, God. Oh, I don't know, no. I loved doing Angela's Ashes with Alan Parker. I, yeah. I thought he was great. Yeah. You know, um, a lovely big bear of a man. Yeah. And uh, I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I don't know really. I've worked with Tom Cruise, you know. Have you really? Yeah. 
In what? Years and years and years ago. Um, do you remember his Irish epic with Nicole? Oh, Far and away. Yes. And uh, when he was, he was Irish in it, I had a little part in that. And it was great. I got to travel to America and everything because upstairs in the whorehouse where I worked was in Montana and downstairs was in Dublin, mm-hmm. <laughs> as they always are. Yeah. Um, so I got a lovely trip to America and everything. And um, he was, I have to say, a lovely fella. Just just mm-hmm. really, really friendly and nice. You know, again, he used to... He'd, go to his trailer to have to get his head together you know yeah. during or uh, you know between between takes or whatever and yeah. uh, but when he was on the set he'd chat away you know did you get his autograph no you see here's the thing when you're working with you know what i mean it's it's kind of like it seems it seems naff almost i know what you mean yeah and also i'm i'm really bad at everything like that i don't collect things from the newspapers my mother the odd time will cut out something you know yeah. like that she's read but basically, until I appear in National Enquirer, I just there's no point. There's no point in cutting anything out, you know, um, because I want something made up and written about me. Oh, I'm sure, I could do my best for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just you know um, the young sensation Colin Farrell. Thing yes. The Irish are, well, um, I've met him a few times, you know, and uh, I knew him before he went to Hollywood. But um, it's brilliant. He's in National Enquirer most weeks. Yeah. And uh, I sent a message to ask how many of the stories were true and he said exactly none of them so far oh. you know there was a story about him kicking up rough in a New York hotel and some Irish waitress telling him to go and cough himself on he's never been in the hotel <laughs> let alone stayed there and created trouble you know there's a story about him and Bruce Willis this morning in the mirror actually oh really oh, yeah. get it. what does it say I don't know because I haven't read it I just noticed he was part of it but I haven't read it yet but I'm, I must do so oh later. great oh that's it they, they've sold another copy <laughs> I'll be getting that on my way to the gym to my shame, I have to say that uh, my one big line in the movie, I, I, you, you hear my voice a few times, but the one big line is he's fighting as a bare-knuckle fighter. Yeah. And uh, we offer him ourselves on payday and whatever else, and he's, he's not interested. But as he goes by at one stage, I say, you know, if he can keep his fists up all night, imagine what his willy can do. <laughs> and I found that so hard to say, I've no idea why, that he had to pass by me about ten times to get the fucking shot. Oh, my God, I was mortified. I just couldn't... I got it the first time, and then afterwards, each time they did it, I just couldn't say the line. You know, So the superstar, one of possibly the, the highest paid man in Hollywood, just simply because he had to pass me by for continuity, had to pass me by, you know, ten, twelve times until oh. I got it right. Oh. Oh. So it's funny, he hasn't asked for me in any of his movies since. <laughs> but I just wonder, you know, could I have helped that marriage? <laughs> you know, it was so long ago, we never knew there'd be trouble, but, you know, I'd have stepped in, I'd have helped if I'd known. You know. you I shouldn't be so flippant about it, you know. <laughs> you <laughs> might have broken soon. them up sooner. Well, it could have been that, you know. It's like it would have been cheaper, you know, for him and, and everything. I don't know. To be honest with you, they were absolutely thoroughly nice, decent people. Um, Their accents know. were a bit wobbly, though, weren't they? Well, I thought hers was rather good, um, but uh, he he had his moments, you mm. know. But that's because you know I believe that people hear us differently. The Irish. I mean. I say my THs, but mm. I think they come out as being quite harsh, and people just hear this, that, and those, <laughs> you know, and it's it's a matter of, of just, uh, I'm appalled by it, you know, because <laughs> I know that I'm saying them, but I people just hear the way we say things differently, the way we say fuck off, people hear mm. fuck off. Well, feck, isn't it? Uh, well, feck is the <laughs> is now the Oxford English Dictionary version. <laughs> 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 you know, we deny that it has anything to do with uh, that it is 
in fact, a version of fuck, but uh, of course it is. Um, you know, but in the same way, we always denied that Ted had anything to do with religion, you know. Yeah. It just happened to be three priests. <laughs> <laughs> and many more besides. Do you intend to always be based in, in Ireland, basically, or do you dream of living abroad somewhere? Well, oh, the dream. Oof. I loved New York any time I was there. I'd love to do some theatre over there. God, that would be exciting, wouldn't it? I find it just the most exciting place I ever was. Um, no, I, I suppose at the moment there isn't a lot for me in Ireland in terms of television. Um, you know, I mean, the odd movie comes up and that's great. Um, but the reason I'm here, you know, even at the moment is just to see my husband, actually. Yeah, yeah. And if it weren't for that, I'd probably live in London, you mm. know, really, whether I like it or not. Because that's um, where the work is, it basically. It is, really, mm. yeah. And I mean, Britain in general, because I obviously with the... The book writing now and all, you know, I, I, I travel a bit around England, Wales and Scotland. I don't know what to call it anymore. Well, British Isles, really yeah. United Kingdom, is it? <laughs> or, or even, well, it's Great Britain, I suppose, in a way. Super Britain, how about that? It's all but, Europe now, isn't it? Well, you see, well, <laughs> you're being dragged kicking and screaming into the Euro, but yeah. eventually, <laughs> you know you've got to. Um, until then, I'm very happy with Sterling. It feels real to me. <laughs> Do you hope to live to a ripe old age? Do you know, I don't know about that. I got asked recently to go and do, you know, there's an island off Thailand called Koh Samui, and they do a lot of colonic irrigation, basically. Right. And one of the TV channels was going to make a very tasteful program about colonic irrigation. And because I'd never been to Thailand, I thought, gee, maybe I will go on that, you know. Hmm. And uh, I just asked a few questions though, about what it was they wanted to film. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, we parted company. Um, <laughs> because even though they weren't going to film the actual, you get taught how to do it yourself. Oh, really? And, um, and I said, well, obviously, you won't be filming that and they said well what we'd really like is we could have a camera on your face while you're doing <laughs> it I just said, no but what i was what i was really fascinated by was i read a brilliant article by some guy a guardian journalist who'd gone and he said that like basically he passed a marble that he'd swallowed when he was a kid 20 years previously you know and like the stuff that comes out is just amazing so it seemed to me that maybe it'd be a brilliant thing to get all 40 years cleared out and that then maybe you could face into another 40 so I'm kind of between uh, obviously it didn't happen because I wasn't going to have somebody filming me putting a tube up my own (coughs) rectum Um, but uh, I mean where would you look goodness sake Um, but you know I thought to myself well maybe that's a good idea and now seeing as I haven't gone I wonder if I shouldn't just pray for a quick death I don't know (laughs) but no I've no idea I mean the women in the family seem to live till they're into their 80s and the men into their 70s um, barring one of my grandfathers who died very uh, well he died in in his 40s I never knew him Um, but mostly you know there's it's quite just an ordinary sort of life for for everyone you know I mean nobody lives to be very old but uh, like as in you know the hundreds or anything like that nobody's been 250 yet Um, but you know I mean unless she will oh she certainly will yeah she will she will she will she will but she'll go on and on and on and on oh quite so (laughs) yeah so I suppose you know I suppose I'll probably live into my 70s maybe Mm. I don't know I look I could be run down by a car tomorrow Mm. after Dermot died Every doctor in the country had people in their 40s in saying, check everything. You mm. know, they told me, like, it was, it, the doctors were so busy after that. Mm. And it was, check everything, particularly my heart, you know, was, mm. was the main thing. And uh, I got drunk a Friday 
some weeks after we'd, we'd dispatched him and I yeah. rang around a few people just to tell them that I loved them and that I'd had a great time and oh. if I was gone in the morning not to worry about oh. me so that's really the way I feel about it you know mm. I mean it's fine terrible. your name is on it it's on it well that's true you know it must have been a terrible shock to you when you heard about it. Yeah, yeah, it was actually, you know, because um, except that the call came so early in the morning, I would have said they were joking, you know. Right, I kept yeah. saying, is, is this really real now, yeah. you know? Is but um, yeah, yeah, it, it was uh, yeah. a great shock. But, you know, I tell you, when it's your time, that's yeah. it. And how would you like to be remembered after you're gone? Oh, I don't know if being kind, kind to animals, really, I suppose. <laughs> Um, I'm like a refuge here, you know. I'm, I'm wondering, am I becoming one of those eccentric cat ladies, you know? <laughs> um, but yes, just that I was kind to animals and, and, and halfway generous, you know, with whatever I have. What about your career, though? Oh, my career? Oh, that! <laughs> oh, God, I don't know. Oh, oh, no idea, you know. I suppose that... Uh, you know, I gave people a few laughs and made them cry once or twice, for whatever <laughs> reasons. Um, that would do fine, I suppose. As long as, I suppose, this is the thing about writing the books as well, and, and it's the way I kind of feel about the television work and film work and everything. I, I'm very <coughs> proud of a lot of it, you know, and yeah. most of it. I've been very lucky, the jobs I've had, and, and even the ones I'm making myself at the moment. But um, as long as I've not wasted anybody's time, you yeah. know, as long as nobody thinks after they've read one of the books or you know, or seen one of the shows, as long as they don't say, oh, jeez, I want that time back. Yeah, yeah. Um, as long as that's the case, then I think that's uh, a job well done. Excellent. Well, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you, I have to say. Fantastic. I, I, anyway, listen, good luck making sense of it all. <laughs> and, Thank uh, you very much. And I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, fantastic. Thank okay, you very much, Pauline. All the best. Bye-bye.